You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of Manhattan. There is one report, as of yet unconfirmed, that a plane has hit uh, the World Trade Center. There is smoke there coming out of at least two sides of the building. So you have no idea rather right now? I have another one. Another plane just hit. Right? Oh, my God. Another plane has just hit. It hit another building. Flew right into the middle of it. Explosion. My God, it's right in the middle of the building. This one into the East Tower. Yes, yes, right in the middle of the building. These were the sounds heard on the morning of September 11th, 2001. The sounds of panic and ultimately tragedy. On that morning, many Americans were just starting their day like normal. Unfortunately, for nearly 3,000 of those people, this would be their last day. Early on that Tuesday morning, 19 hijackers took control of four different passenger airlines. Two of the planes struck the World Trade Center in New York City. The third plane crashed into a section of the Pentagon. The fourth and final plane was grounded in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, but would have made it to Washington, D.C. if not for the heroic actions of the passengers on board. The attacks were brutal and left a permanent scar on the psyche of the nation. Now in 2021, the 20-year anniversary, the impact this tragedy had on the lives of local people needs to be examined. This anniversary is paired with the recent news of America pulling out of Afghanistan, an occupation that is inextricably linked to the 9-11 attacks. We'll hear from some local broadcasters, professors, counselors, and a student on what this state means to them and how the events of today are impacting their lives. Hello everyone, my name is Sam Whalen for Rowan Radio for this special program, Rowan Radio Remembers the 9-11 Attacks. I immediately put on the news and saw the Trade Center on fire. It was a huge fire. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was so much bigger than I had anticipated the fire being. That's the voice of Lance Feltman, the news director for Roan Radio in 2001. He was on campus when the attacks began, and initially he thought it was just a tragic accident until he saw the events himself. The next thing I saw was a plane start to fly into the television screen. And I thought to myself, wow, that plane's really low. I saw the plane turn to the side a little bit, expected to see it come out the other side because the view, the tower was blocking what I thought was the plane going behind it. As a little bit of time went by, I saw no plane come out. The next thing I saw was a huge cloud of smoke and fire pour out of the second tower. I knew immediately that we were under attack. I knew immediately these were no accidents. Leo Kirshner, a professor and current co-station manager at Rowan Radio, was working in commercial radio on September the 11th. He remembers the shock of seeing the carnage with his own eyes. It wasn't until as the morning progressed and the news started coming in a little more frequently, we didn't know what was going on. All we were doing was getting the news from the internet or from the satellite service. We didn't have a television at the station, so our engineer ran down the street to the local mall where there was a Circuit City and bought a television set. And so by the time he came back and we plugged it in, that was the moment the first tower fell. And then as soon as we saw that on television, we all were in shock. We all gasped in horror. 
And so then my boss, my general manager, is now running through the hallways of the station. Switch to the satellite, switch to the satellite. Meaning that he wanted us to stop playing music and just continue the news feed from the satellite, which would just be wall-to-wall coverage by this point. So we all stopped broadcasting songs and we just played the satellite for the rest of that day. Once the second tower was hit, there was no longer any doubt. This was a deliberate attack. For Feltman, the weight of the situation began to hit him when he saw other students on campus. As the day progressed, the thing that I'll never forget most were the faces of the students and the faculty members here at Rowan. That was the most striking thing about the entire day. People that I've known for years, their faces were white and drawn. Everyone seemed withdrawn, even the most stable people. We didn't know what was going on. We were under attack. And that was the scary part. We had no idea what was next. No one knew what to do. No one knew what to say. As people came to the station, I would say to them, Did you, do you know what happened? Can you believe what's going on? And some people hadn't even heard about it. And when they came into the station, they went back and saw the televisions and just complete shock overcame them. The emotional toll became very real, and many people simply didn't know what to do. We just had no idea how to handle it. When the towers came down, I think that was when most of the people around couldn't take it anymore. We knew how many people were dead. We knew how our lives were completely changed. For Kirshner and Feltman, despite the confusion and chaos of the day, they still had jobs to do. It's part of the double-edged sword of broadcasting. Sometimes your job comes before your personal life. I always tell my students at the beginning of every semester when they take my class in, in radio production and at the radio station, you have to be willing to give up your nights. You have to be willing to give up your weekends. You have to be willing to give up your holidays. You have to be willing to work on your birthday. There always has to be broadcasting. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Television, radio, there always has to be somebody there it always has to be on with any career there are some sacrifices broadcasting sacrifices affects your family life if you are okay with that then you will do very well in broadcasting this was especially true for Kirshner with one son and another on the way as he attempted to get a hold of his wife So by the time we realized in the mid-morning that there was an attack, that something terrible was happening, my station called all of the DJs and other employees who were supposed to come to work later that afternoon or that night, told them all to stay home. So the only people at the station were the dozen of us that had the morning shift. And so we all thought, okay, well, we're just going to have the station on automation and play the satellite and we're all going to go home. But that's not what happened. We all had to stay there. And my boss is telling all of us that, okay, Leo, call Atlantic City International Airport and then call Atlantic City Hospital and you pick up the phones and start calling these people. And so we all got reassigned from our our jobs as being radio DJs and commercial producers to being journalists. I had no problem because I had done that. I had interned in KYW News in Philadelphia, and I, I have a journalism background, so I knew what to do. I just wasn't expecting I was going to do it. So when I realized I couldn't leave, I have to call my wife. I want to make sure she's okay. My wife at this point is eight months pregnant with our second son. Our oldest son, Alex, turned three and had just started preschool the week earlier. And she was going to work 
teaching for another two or three weeks before she went on maternity leave. Well, this basically war has begun and I'm trying to get a hold of my wife and my kid. And me being very young in my career, you know, I was being selfish. I was being petty. I didn't want to be there to work. I wanted to be home with my family, as is everyone's initial reaction in times of crises. But I did my job because that's what I had to do. And thankfully, a short time later, I was able to connect with my wife. She was let home early. She was with my son. They were home safe, and my father-in-law was with them. So once I realized they were okay, then I put all my efforts into doing what I had to do, call all these local municipalities and the police station and the, the fire departments in South Jersey to see what they're going to do to try to keep people safe and to keep everyone calm. Feltman turned to family too, as he reached out to his mother at the end of that first day. He met with her at Red Bank Battlefield, a local national park that overlooks Philadelphia International Airport. With everything that had happened, Lance recalls the first thing he noticed when he arrived at the park. And usually, huge airliners are flying in every two minutes, landing, taking off. There's nothing in the sky that day. That was a very eerie feeling. Ultimately, many people turned to the president at the time, George Bush Jr., for some semblance of sense as in what was expected to happen next. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. The victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. The pictures of airplanes flying into buildings, fires burning, huge, huge structures collapsing, have filled us with disbelief, terrible sadness, and a quiet, unyielding anger. Unfortunately, even people in those high positions of power weren't sure what America's next move was going to be. When the president came on television that night for his address at 8 p.m., I expected to feel better after President Bush spoke, but I felt more at a loss because even he had no idea what had happened. He had no idea what we were in store for. He had no idea how many people had died in New York, in D.C., and in Somerset County, Pennsylvania. From there, this confusion and fear from what had happened began to turn. It morphed into a feeling of dread and a desperation in an attempt for answers. That intensive an event, so close to home, and seemingly no idea what was going to happen next. If we were in for World War III, if we were even going to get past the week that we were in, the next few days, no one knew. I said to some friends, well, you know, if I die, I die. What can I do? This is something that's out of my control. I knew we had to go to war. I knew that that was going to happen once we figured out who did this. And we did. With so much uncertainty going on, people began to find catharsis any way they could. For some, this came in the form of music. Many songs became associated with the terrible events of 9-11 and were played by local radio stations in the aftermath. 
Songs like Don Henley's New York Minute was a very popular tribute song because it talked about your life changing in a New York Minute. Bette Midler's From a Distance, another song that gained great popularity around this time. Of course, Ray Charles, America the Beautiful. That was another popular one. I'm talking about America, sweet America. You know, God done shed his grace on thee. These tracks combined with the active listening of radio helped many in the area cope with the difficult emotions they were experiencing. When radio stations started putting songs back on the air, the DJs were talking longer, we were putting callers on the air, and we were just sharing. The DJs and the callers were talking on the air and and, and talking about their fears, and it was a very healing time for everybody. And putting news clips and these tribute songs kind of helped that. It, It made us remember the victims. It put meaning to these songs that maybe meant something else when they were originally recorded, but now Don Henley's New York Minute, for me, will forever be linked to 9-11 because your life can change in a minute. And so people just need to know why things happen and to try to, to move on. And music has always been a great way to figure out what your emotions are. That's why there are love songs. That's why there are breakup songs. There were no songs written specifically for the tragedy of 9-11. We in the radio industry took established songs and kind of made them be a tribute and to have some meaning to what we were all feeling during that time. People found all different methods of coping, and one way or another, life went on. In 2011... President Barack Obama went on national TV to announce the death of Osama bin Laden, the man believed to be responsible for the 9-11 attacks. Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden, the leader of al-Qaeda, and a terrorist who's responsible for the murder of thousands of innocent men, women, and children. The images of 9-11 are seared into our national memory. Nearly 3,000 citizens taken from us, leaving a gaping hole in our hearts. This was a massive step in the healing process of the nation. After 10 years of waiting, it seemed like some modicum of justice had been achieved. However, America continued its presence in the Middle East, particularly in Afghanistan. This occupation came to an end with President Joe Biden in 2021 as troops were withdrawn from the area. Earlier today, I was briefed by our senior military and national security leaders on the status of the drawdown of U.S. forces and allied forces in Afghanistan. When I announced our drawdown in April, I said we would be uh, out by September, and we're on track to meet that target. Our military mission in Afghanistan will conclude on August 31st. The drawdown is proceeding in a secure and orderly way, prioritizing the safety of our troops as they depart. Our military commanders advised me that once I made the decision to end the war, we needed to move swiftly to conduct the main elements of the drawdown. And in this context, speed is safety. 
While this pullout had varying degrees of success, for all intents and purposes, America was no longer involved in Afghanistan. This major move comes on the heels of the 20-year anniversary of the September 11th attacks. We heard from Feltman and Kirshner, two men who were alive at the time and remember it vividly. However, there may be many people out there who are grappling with difficult emotions during this time, but don't know where to take them. For that, I spoke with Lindsay Johnson, a crisis counselor with the Rhone University Wellness Center. I wanted to find out the best ways that people of all ages dealing with the combined stress of the 9-11 anniversary and the vicious news cycle of today could find help if they needed it. There's no shame in becoming overwhelmed, and it's important to establish boundaries for yourself. One thing now is we're inundated with all sorts of information, right, when it comes to social media, even just kind of looking at not just things on our phone, but what we see on television. I think nowadays there's that right 24-hour media that we have access to that can become really overwhelming, particularly around things that are catastrophic. I think it's important for people to realize when that may be happening to them, kind of tap into their feelings, their experiences of that. Um, and one of the first things I think is maybe putting a boundary, you know, on our experience of, of exposure to the media and limiting that you know I, I think probably generally limiting it is helpful but especially during times like this you know being able to take a step back and kind of say you know where can I maybe um, you know cut my time off not engage in looking at this sort of information you know that might be a first step for people in addition to constant dire news and headlines, social media in general can be a difficult medium to navigate when trying to stay positive and Johnson says it's important to have a balance. If you do kind of follow certain things, adding in an account or something that's more positive. You know, I know for me, um, Instagram's more my go-to. And so I've added a few accounts like um, Upworthy, you know, accounts that have all positive information or helpful information. And just sort of making sure to maybe even out even our social media accounts of the things that we focus on to, to add a little bit of that as well. A big symptom of stress that many people may not consider is the physical reaction. It's important to notice these things and try to identify what may be causing them. So the same maybe things that we may have experienced in our body that happened during a traumatic experience can also show up again during anniversaries and we may not be even aware of the connection. So right like if you were feeling a lot of um, in you know internal like I think about stomach aches, headaches, chest pressure, you know, when these things happen, 9-11, that might show up around the anniversary and it could happen weeks before and kind of continue weeks after. So I think one of the things people can do is first understand that, take that into consideration. All right, maybe make the connection. Some of this stuff I may be experiencing could be because of the anniversary coming up, just kind of tapping into that. And then from there, it's taking care of ourselves. So making sure that we stick to healthy routines, because sometimes during those times as well, we might fall into practices that aren't so healthy and helpful. So I think about sleep. I mean, people generally don't get great sleep. So that's always one of my first ones, like how's your sleep right now? You know, really trying to stay on a good sleep schedule. Eating, you know, those simple things, that everyday things, eating, sleeping, um, exercise, you know, making sure to try to incorporate those really consciously in, into your daily activities. Sometimes, the stress and trauma brought about by these events can be turned into something positive. There's other, you know, grief or loss or trauma that we've experienced. I've seen um, students over the years, there have been wonderful examples of that, how they've kind of turned that trauma or those experiences into something meaningful uh, and, that, and that they could as a coping mechanism. 
In the end, if you're feeling burdened from the stress of this anniversary or from an oppressive news cycle, it's important to reach out, whether you're a college student or otherwise. You know, when I think about resources right here on campus, you know, the Wellness Center is always a great resource. If it's, you know, really to the point of getting in the way of life, that, that stress. And so, you know, there's always, you know, I think about our resources in terms of crisis. We have a 24-hour hotline for students that they can call if there's a, a crisis and they're really feeling like these experiences are making me have these thoughts that are a little scary. I might be thought, thinking about wanting to hurt myself, hurt somebody else. Um, you know, the crisis line is the way to go or, or walking into the wellness center during our hours when we're open. Um, but some of the other things I think people forget about is just your resources in your own life. You know, tapping into those connections that you may have, talking to somebody about it. You know, maybe a friend, it may be a caregiver, um, it may be a sibling, you know, somebody else that, or even a mentor, professors, you know, there are some professors here are fantastic, you know, connecting with students. You know, you might just feel a connection with somebody and being able to open up to them, I think is, is a great resource too. Finally, I wanted to get the students' perspective on the anniversary and the state of the news media today. I spoke with Jillian Granado, a Rowan University student in her early 20s. She remembers her father's reaction to 9-11 shortly after it happened. There was no one like in my family that was in New York at the time, but we, um, since we're like so close to New York, um, everyone in my family was pretty much on edge. Um, my dad always had like a weapon with him. I wanna say like months afterwards, just for protection. And of course he had like his, had like his licenses and everything, but um, he just wanted to make sure that everybody in the family was safe because it was so close to our home. From there, like many people her age, Granada learned about September 11th in school from the very beginning. Despite being too young to witness the events herself, the enormity of the tragedy stuck with her regardless. It was so tragic what happened and so monumental because we haven't we hadn't had anything that like that aggressive happen in the U.S. until 9-11. Um, so just the fact that it happened and it was like in our country and it was so close to it was just so close to everybody because there were so many innocent people that died and people that risked their lives for just random strangers just because somebody attacked our grounds. It's important to remember all the people that risked their lives to go and save all those people and um, just documenting how tragic that was. I just think that it's important to just recognize how many people actually were involved in it. One of the negative side effects of reflecting on 9-11 every year is the potential for desensitization. However, Granado says that it was the human element of the events that kept it feeling real and relevant for her. 9-11 being desensitized for people our age, I feel like is pretty common just because we see the same um, we see the same videos happening over and over again. And some of us might have some connection to it, but most of us usually don't. But I think that looking back at all the footage and hearing the last phone calls that people have had with their loved ones when they like found out that the plane was being hijacked, it hearing that kind of innocence and hearing the people become that desperate that they they want to say their last words to their loved ones is just so crazy every time that you hear it because you don't you don't think that it's going to happen and then one day it can 
which is um, pretty scary to think about. So where does that leave us, as a nation and as individuals? It's the 20-year anniversary, and for some the day is just as vivid as though it was yesterday. But for others, the day has become another day on the calendar. Lindsay Johnson gives her perspective on the significance of the date. We can change the meaning of the day. You know, what I've also noticed over time is in the beginning, no one wanted to do anything on September 11th, you know, the first couple of years. And even people's, um, I remember people had birthdays on those that day. You know, people had feelings about that. And now it's almost like I've seen people now schedule weddings on that day. So it's almost like I think one of the other ways people may learn to cope too is, you know, changing the meaning of the day in some way if it really does affect us. Um, and so, and not in a way that we're completely forgetting, but you're just kind of maybe in your own way, you figure out, okay, how can I make this meaningful? You know, even if that's, you know, in the beginning, um, you know, my brothers and I used to kind of take a hike up to the hill where you could kind of see New York and just together, you know, hike up there, have a picnic, kind of hang out and just like enjoy each other's company. Cause I think it's just meaningful to think, you know, things happen in life and how do you kind of appreciate the present moment and use that as the fuel to kind of do that um, rather than focus on completely the negative. Personally, I think that's the most positive takeaway. Well, we should never forget the lives that were lost on that day and the sheer brutality of the attacks. It shouldn't be a day to dread every year either. Like a lot of things in life, it's about perspective. If you want to memorialize those that were taken away from us, we need to go on living our lives the best that we can for them. Thank you to all my guests, and thank you for listening. My name's Sam Whalen, and this has been Rowan Radio Remembers the 9-11 Attacks.